This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 54 subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica Perez is on a well-deserved vacation this week, but joining us in her absence to help out is Cam Harless of the Mad Ones podcast. Cam, thank you for joining us today. It is wearethemadones.com. Is that correct? Correct. And if you want to see us on YouTube every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, youtube.com slash themadones. Fantastic. Check out his podcast. Always a good time. Let's dive right into the top story of the day, which is the Vladimir Zelensky World War Three tour continues as he performed virtually today in front of a welcoming audience at the United Nations Security Council. He added some new material to this particular performance, telling the U.N. Security Council that Russians committed gruesome atrocities and that those responsible should immediately be brought up on war crimes, charge on war crimes charges in front of a tribunal like the one in Nuremberg after World War II. He added some details to the description of the alleged atrocities committed, claiming that Civilians had been shot in the back of the head after being tortured, blown up with grenades in their apartments, and crushed to death by tanks while in their cars. And if that's not horrific enough sounding to convince you to support World War III, he added that, he said this of Russians, they cut off limbs, they cut their throats, women were raped and killed in front of their children, their tongues were pulled out only because their aggressor did not hear what they wanted to hear from them. And he even went as far to say that there was not a single crime that Russian troops hadn't committed in Bucha. Either Bucha doesn't have very many laws, or they must have spent (laughs) a lot of time there committing crimes if there was not a single crime they didn't commit. Now, his ask of the UN Security Council was for them to either remove Russia from the council or to dissolve itself as a council altogether, and to add a little bit of flair to his pr- presentation, President Z once again showed harrowing footage of dead Ukrainians, of which no one has verified the authenticity of. The video ended with the word stop Russian aggression. And to support Zelensky's message, the United States Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, said that the images from Bucha revealed not the random act of a rogue unit, but a deliberate campaign to kill, to torture, to rape, to commit atrocities. He then said that the reports of atrocities were more than credible and that the U.S. and other countries will seek to hold the culprits accountable. Now, does this sound real to you, cutting off their tongues and ears and fingers and raping mothers in front of their babies? It doesn't sound real to me. It could be real, absolutely, but this kind of puts countries in a position to where if they operate on a premise where they are accepting this as truth, where they are accepting that there's not a crime that Russians didn't commit while they were there and that they are raping mothers in front of their babies, that you tell your public, your population, hey, look, 
this evil enemy could come in and rape you in front of your child and cut out your tongue, but we're still negotiating with the rapist. It almost feels like it's getting to a point where negotiation is no longer on the table because when these governments label a person or a group of people as rapists murdering animals so often that the public believes it, they can't just turn right around and then compromise with these people that they've branded animals. Otherwise, people are going to be like, WTF. So at that point, from the position of the people propagating this stuff, it's like they have no choice but support a World War III. Otherwise, they'll be compromising with monsters who rape and cut out people's tongues. We're, we're in April now. And so this war started with the Russian aggression, as they'll call it, in at the end of February, right? Yes. And they are claiming that the Russian soldiers are doing the equivalent of what supposedly and apparently in pictures, American soldiers did at the very end of Vietnam when they'd been in a losing war and a losing battle for years. Right. This doesn't seem like the actions of a fresh faced and newly started war to me. I mean, I could be wrong, but every time you see this, unless I why would Putin do this? Does he not want? to be recognized by the rest of the world that this is legitimate? Has he lost all control over his soldiers? Like, what is this? Because this doesn't seem like the moves of a man who actually wants what he's saying he wants. Well, the way that they're framing it is that it's a deliberate campaign, that it's not them going off the chains, that they are deliberate, deliberately going in there with the intention of doing these things and committing these atrocities. And I agree. Why would you deliberately do that? Why would anybody do that anyway? It's horrible. And I'm not saying that stuff like that doesn't happen. It does. I'm sure it does. You have one instance of it. You have one soldier that does something horrible and then you you can brand the propaganda scan can brand the entire army or military as being that one horrible soldier. Now, whether or not this happened in this instance, I don't know. But every single war all throughout history, they have used stories like this to demonize the enemy for the purpose of getting the other side, the side of the good to justify doing horrible things and killing others. You would have to believe in your heart that Putin is an absolute lunatic who will do anything and it doesn't matter whether or not he's murdered or killed or deposed or any of this. Like this is these are not the actions of a man who is trying to help the people in Donbass. This this doesn't purport to what he's saying whatsoever. I mean, he could be an absolute madman idiot. He could be, yeah. But how many idiot probably wouldn't do that? Well, a madman probably wouldn't do that because he would recognize that it would be bad for his ultimate goal, whatever that may be. I I just don't see how this works out to be planned unless you absolutely think that I don't even I can't I can't wrap my mind around this being a positive for Putin in any way. And I I've seen the man speak. He's not he's not a madman. He's very like he was in the KGB. That's a terrible thing to be in. But I mean, you don't become a lunatic out of that outside of that. They know what happens when people learn what the KGB does. They don't want that to be common knowledge. Right. Absolutely. Now, I don't trust Putin as much as I trust Zelensky. I don't trust either one of them at all. Putin was right. in the KGB, so he is skilled in deception, trained in deception. Read this book. It's called Propaganda Techniques in World War, and you will see almost verbatim the exact same stories that were used to get the public to support the war back then as well. 
Again, doesn't mean that some of them aren't true, but I have a hard time believing some of them in this instance, especially when you see Zelensky doing this world tour, showing these videos over and over again to get support that are in no way being verified, uh, the authenticity of them. And we have been shown that some of the stories have been proven to be false. The ghost of Kiev. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And when he says stuff like there's not a crime that they have not committed, that is definitely, definitely rhetoric. Definitely an exaggeration. So what else is an exaggeration? To me, if I had to guess, I would say there's a large number of it that is exaggeration. I can never know for sure, though. But I will say this here. There's another story kind of falls in line with that story where, which, by the way, if people believe that they are doing that, if you're an individual and you believe 100% that this is true, then it would be justified that you would support trying to fight this villain. So this is how you get people to think that they have the moral high ground and mm-hmm. believe that, yes, we must stop this villain. Because if you truly believe that, then that stuff should be stopped. If I thought my neighbor was doing that to people, I would stop. I would want I would get people. I say, we need to stop this. Yeah. So like they, they get people with these psychological, emotional deceptions. Can I can I add in a small emotional deception that I read? Oh, yeah. Today. And that is they realize, and I think this is true in America. I don't know if it's true everywhere, but it seems to me that a vast majority of people care more about the lives of animals than they do human beings. And so it seems that when I see an article that says that 300 dogs were found dead in a Ukrainian shelter after weeks without food or water due to the war, and they have pictures of dogs stacked on dogs, that they're trying to use this little bit of information for those people who don't quite care as much about humans as yeah. they do animals. Appealing to them, yeah. Yeah, they're hitting it on all fronts. And that's that's, that's what I see there. There was another story about animals today, too. It's interesting that you saw that one. I saw one about how the guy who runs a Ukrainian zoo said they're going to put all of their zoo animals down. They're going to kill all of them because the Russians shelled. They've been using that word a lot, shelled. Yeah. They shelled the zoo, damaged the cages, so they have no way of keeping them there. And the tigers could end up roaming around the city or, or whatever. And How maybe cool. the tigers would recognize <laughs> Russian soldiers and differentiate. and They would only attack them. I don't know. But that was another story appealing to animal Lovers, I saw that. I was like, don't kill all the animals. They said, well, there's nothing we can do. The Russians made us do it. Now, here's this other story with, you know, with one atrocity story comes another. So truth can get lost in the mix. It's like the hashtag Me Too movement where when bumping into somebody in a bar, rubbing up against them when you're trying to get by because it's crowded, someone accuses someone of sexual assault, then actual accusations of sexual assault get Barry, don't get the actual yeah. treatment. So I think lost. I think the best example of that in the Me Too movement was Aziz Ansari. I don't know if you remember that story, but that was legitimately just him aggressively flirting with the girl and she didn't like it. Yeah, there was a lot like that. And with these atrocity stories, when they get to be so sensationalistic and they get to be so verbatim like they were in the past, it becomes hard to believe true ones could actually get lost. Now, I don't believe this one's true at all, but this atrocity story has the headline of Russian army raped woman and burned swastika on her body, a Ukrainian official claims. And this is a Ukrainian member of parliament, and she has claimed in a tweet, this was yesterday, that Russian soldiers raped, tortured, and killed a woman, burning the swastika in her body. She did this through her official tweet. Twitter page and she tweeted out an image of what appears to be a dead body. The head is covered and there's a swastika drawn in what looks like blood or something red on the person's stomach. And with the image, this official tweeted that tweeted tortured body of a raped and killed woman. I'm speechless. My mind is paralyzed with anger and fear and hatred. 
hashtag stop genocide, hashtag stop Putin now, and then the tweet gave no further details. Now, that's a horrible thing. It's absolutely horrible. But here's the problem. There was another journalist named Patrick Lan- Lancaster who recorded the body of what appeared to be the same woman with the same wound, with the same marking on her body in a school basement in Maripool on March 27th. So the Russia and, and during, in his video, the claim was by the Russian soldiers that the school had been used as a military base for Ukrainian forces and the Azov Battalion, the U- Ukrainian national group, was the one that used it. And that, what's interesting about it is the video of the journalist who first noticed this woman was censored on Twitter. And in his video, he's not blaming, really. He's asking more questions. And the tweet from this Ukrainian official, there's no questions being asked. There's all blame, taking pictures taken completely out of context, made to believe it's another place and another time. So when I see issues of reporting like this, and her tweet is not being censored on Twitter, and his video is showing the same thing, it makes you a little suspicious of this narrative. Well, what did I say when I read this headline? Who did I say that, that this sounds like? The Azov Battalion. Yep. I mean, right. if, yeah. if someone's go- – my first thought – I haven't read this article. That was that, That's your article, and so I didn't even see it. But I see this, and I go, well, that sounds like something a, a, a Nazi would do, not a Russian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who, who do we have that are Nazis in Ukraine? Oh, I don't know. Ukrainian forces. <laughs> And that kind of talk can get you in trouble, although you look at the news articles from three years ago and all the mainstream outlets are talking about the Nazi problem in Ukraine. Now, that is something that Russia could hide behind as a shield to do bad things. But we also know that some of these forces have been integrated with the Ukrainian army because Zelensky said that himself recently during an interview. I want to make a correction. This article by Patrick Lancaster says that the body appeared to be the same woman, had the same wound. It does not say that it had the same marking. And Newsweek also in this article said that Newsweek has not been able to independently verify either of the claims. So that's buried deep in the article. The headline is sensationalistic designed to get people to think Russia's horrible, committing horrible atrocities to support the Zelensky narrative, buried deep down in the article. We haven't been able to verify any of this stuff. We don't know if it's true at all. Now, this woman also recently tweeted that she tweeted about an hour ago that 5,000 war crimes committed by Russia and Ukraine already recorded and filed by prosecutor general of Ukraine. Unfortunately, there will be more. And I'd like to know why is an Elon Musk tweeting why are we allowing so much disinformation about one side, but not disinformation about another side in this Ukraine I, conflict? I, you know, I don't know. I feel like there's been some sort of pushback against publishing things that are bad about Ukraine and the president of the United States and his son for a while now. I just, no. I just feel like there's been some kind of concerted really? effort to make sure that uh, this isn't known everywhere. You're a Russian <laughs> asset. Biden actually <laughs> called the laptop story Russian disinformation during a debate at one point. One more quick story about that, and then we'll throw it over to you. There was a Chinese TV pundit who is going with the narrative saying that the killings in Bucha were staged, saying that the Russian forces had no motive to kill people because the residents of Bucha didn't threaten the withdrawal of Russian troops. He said if they really wanted to kill these people, they would have done it when they entered Bucha and wouldn't have waited until April 2nd. And the Russian forces said that they left on March 30th. So 
the issue of killing doesn't doesn't exist according to this person and he believes Russia did not have motive to do it. Now, what I found interesting about this is one of the top comments on this professor, his name is his name is Song Zongping. One of the top comments on his TikTok video that he did, everybody does things to TikTok now. It, one of the top comments is a reference to the grave sites, the mass graves saying that a satellite image showed the devastation, showed how long the bodies had been there in the mass grave. Yeah, the top comment, which is highlighted for a specific reason, is commenting on Maxar Technologies, which is the United States government contractor that I mentioned yesterday that is very much a propaganda satellite imagery company. You can listen to the shows where I've talked about that previously. That name keeps popping up in all of these stories. Maxar Technologies, satellite imagery being relied on as evidence for atrocities. And finally, Michael Bay says, Will Smith, his slap doesn't matter when babies are being blown up in Ukraine. <laughs> oh, okay, Mike. Okay. <laughs> we got you, Michael Bay. <laughs> okay, so Maxar. Um, first off, when I looked at the, the photos, the satellite photos that they mentioned yesterday that proved this, this um, burial ground. First off, these were not high defini- definition images. It legitimately, when you look at it, it looks like people standing in line. It does not look like people in graves. It that's, looks like people yeah. standing up. That's one of the things that we covered it when I initially talked about this company is that their images look like track marks from tires. That's it. And that's it. Or they look like in one instance is actually just a carpet. That's yeah. all it is from, from they're, the sky. They're, they're terrible images. Like they're, they're not good. There's no way for you to, even if these were real, even if these were dated correctly, there's no way for you to look at that and be able to suss out exactly what you're seeing. That's what I'm like. I looked at these yes. pictures, right? The claims made on these, I couldn't tell that by looking at them or zooming in. Exactly. But since yesterday, apparently Russia decided, you know what? Those, those satellite images of those, those dead bodies in the streets not necessarily the mass graves, the ones in the streets, the ones we talked about yesterday, where I looked at them and I was like, why are all the heads hidden? Why why does this look so staged? Um, well, they, Russia decided to push back and said that they were fake. They copied along with what Chinese China's TV pundit said. Yeah. Um, and so the BBC put out this article, and it'll be in the, the show notes if you want to look at their play-by-play of these photos, which all come from this place called Maxar Technologies for some reason. And so what their claim is, is that they have the satellite imagery from March 11th and March 19th, and that March 19th are the cleaner photos. Barely. They're, they're fuzzy little blurs over the screen. Yeah. Um, but they, they, sh- they show the photos throughout this article and they compare them to the other photos and they, they circle things. But the whole time I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to be the guy who essentially in fighting propaganda picks a side and then decides that no matter what's coming out of Ukraine is, is always wrong. You know, like I don't want to be that guy. I totally agree. You know? But it's it's really hard because I read the, I read through this article and perhaps they're right. Perhaps these are bodies. Perhaps these are dead people. But where on that article did I see a link that proved the metadata of when that photo was taken? Right. And that's I just have to believe them. That, right. I just have to believe that them. That is exactly the problem is this establishment media that is feeding us all of this information much of it has been proven to be wrong that they themselves have said is wrong, but we're telling it anyway because it represents the truth. 
how can we we can't sit around and decipher photos all day the average person can't do that people don't have time to do that we aren't experts in doing that and we have to we're in a position where we have to trust these institutions that have done nothing but prove that they will lie to us over and over and over again yeah and the, the composition of the images that accompany the satellite photos are so professionally done that it's insane. Like there was this one photo. And if you look at it, if you go to that article, that BBC article and look through these photos, you'll see the photo of two men carrying a body bag with a body bag up front. And if that's not the most well-composed war atrocity I've ever seen, I don't know what is. It's just art photography. Yeah, some of, exactly, some of the photography looks so perfect that it, it looks like it was, uh, you know, some photographers capture moments, live moments very well. So, I'm not going to say it couldn't be a live moment, but some of it seems a little too perfect when they want it. So they want us to see some stuff up close and they give us these very beautifully shot, horrific images. The images are horrific, yeah. but they're shot perfectly. And then they want us to see the macro with the satellite. So we get the, the micro and the macro with the propaganda atrocity photos. And this stuff spreading on social media is only spreading one way because the social media companies have taken a side. The New York Times even admits it, admits this, that they have made it known that they are taking a side and will allow disinformation for one, but not the other. So what do you think Elon Musk would have to say perhaps about that? You have a story about him today. Well, let's talk about Elon Musk because the joke, I think a year or so ago was that Elon Musk should buy Twitter and delete it. And I, I, that's funny. It'd be really funny if he did, but suddenly yesterday uh, we learned that Elon Musk is to join Twitter's board of directors because he bought 9.2% of the company. So he owns more of the company than anyone else in the public sector. Yeah. Like the, the, no one else owns more than him. And so he's, he's on Twitter and he's putting out polls because he's a little bit of a troll. And I appreciate that. And so he's asking people if they, do you want an edit button? This is important. So vote the way that you want. And so I don't know what this is. He's going to be on the board. This amount that he's purchased apparently is typically a kind of amount that you don't actually have any say, but the CEO of Twitter, Agarwal is is welcoming him on Twitter. They want him there very openly. And so it, 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 I'm really hoping that he does something, but it just makes me feel even more like he's not disrupting things as he is joining them. Like, he, I think he's just showing himself more and more to be a part of the, the problem yeah. over time. He says things that I agree with a lot, not mm -hmm. all the time, but he does seem to have some ulterior motives going on there and I, I noticed the story about him reportedly going going to britain and doing a rampage through uh, some sex party clubs <laughs> he bought nine percent of twitter and he's like let's go to the sex parties yeah i mean apparently we're going to get an edit button which i don't want it, it, can we talk about that for a second because that's something people have said they've wanted on twitter for a long time because they want to be able to edit if they make a typo instead of having to delete and resend but I really don't like the idea that these people are going to be able to put out just truly um, crap takes and then delete the, uh, then edit them so that they appear that they didn't have a crap take originally rather than just having to delete them in shame. And we can make fun of them for deleting. Yeah, it's like reporting news happens on Twitter. So if you're allowed to get rid of or allowed to edit it, you can make you can change the past in a sense. Yeah. And I just pulled this up. Twitter blue. 
gives you the ability to do an undo tweet button. So you have to pay yeah, for so, blue. But so the edit button is actually Twitter's most requested feature. So what Elon Musk has done is he's taken an action by asking a question he already knew the answer to to make nope. it look like he's going to be trying to give the people what they want. I tried Twitter blue for a month. It is not an undo button in the way that you would think it is. And it's not an edit button the way you think it is. What it is, is you have, a, you can kind of change the timing, but you have about 30 seconds to hit undo and fix it before it actually goes out. You're on the clock. Yeah. So it's not like an edit button. It's, it's similar to an edit button, but you know, yeah, not so really. After 30 seconds, it gets stored. It's out ever in the NSA yep. database. That's yes. Let's be what happens after Twitter blue. Yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to see what he does here. I'm not expecting Twitter to suddenly be good Here's or be cleaned want. up. It's not going to all I want. All I want is for him to demand somehow that Donald Trump and Alex Jones be put back on the platform. He could. Do That's that. all I want for the lulls. That's all I want. Yeah. If, yeah. If true social, if it doesn't improve, I haven't actually been on true social because I've been on the waiting I, list for a long time. I did read that a lot of investors have been pulling out or at least several investors have pulled out lately because it doesn't look like it's going well. That's what I heard too. I haven't dug deep into those. Those I know that a lot of the media is eager to see it fail and report that it's failed, whether it is or has or not. These big websites that have all these users, as we saw with Obama and the healthcare yep. website eventually, it takes a lot of kinks getting worked out. So they might <laughs> be going through that process. I have no idea. I haven't even seen it. But I, I think we'll probably still see True Social go forward a little bit, at least... I'm not. I'm not thinking it. I think yet. there's too much money put into it. I think it'll be a failure, though. It could be. I don't. I mean, I think that if this were like t 2020, right after Trump got kicked off, it would have a chance in the marketplace. But it's been two years. People are not as enthused buying Trump as they used to be. I don't no. think it's going to go as far. Maybe Elon Musk should buy True Social. And he could also be a major player <laughs> in True Social. We'll have to uh, be what to watch out for. What is Elon Musk going to do? Is, tr is Truth going to track us as much as the rest of them? Is Truth going to track us? Yeah, Truth. Uh, truth. Probably. I'm sure it will. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so even if an, if an edit button does get put onto Twitter, maybe they're already going to do it for all we know. Elon Musk yeah. will all forever be associated with it and will be credited with making it happen regardless of his role of actually doing it. I don't know if it'll happen or not. All right. Before we get to our final story of the day, where we will talk about the new $27 million program the FBI is using to spy on you, I want to tell Ooh. you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is the new progressive sports bar that is doomed to fail and deep fake scams to watch out for. But before we get to that, be sure and check us out at patreon.com slash propaganda report. We have a variety of different offerings and tiers from commercial free exclusive content every day that we drop a drive time news blast to zoom roundtables with subject matter expert discussions and disappearing patron parties where the alcohol can flow and it can get a little wild, which is why it's the disappearing patron party. Our tiers start as low as seven bucks a month. Go to Propaganda patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out which one is right for you. This is how we fund the show. And you also get access to the best looking, most engaging, and most intelligent Patreon community, the Propaganda Report Patreon community that is on Patreon. So check it out. And now for our final story of the free 30. The FBI is 
spending millions on some social media tracking software now, which they've been doing for a while. But this is a new contract that they have, and it is being justified, as they've justified a lot of these invasions of privacy, on January 6th, the insurrection. We now need to look for domestic terrorists, and so we have... We have a mandate now so we can stop homegrown terror. Well, they have contracted for 5,000 licenses to use what's called Babel X, a software made by Babel Street that lets users search social media sites within a geographic area and use other parameters. Now, that's just kind of the, the tip of the iceberg of what it does. Quick thing. When you, B-A-B-E-L? Yes, B-A-B-E-L. Okay, so that's Babel. Oh, Babel. It's, Thank you. It, it's it's from the Bible. Yes. Just, yeah, so I, a guy I used to play for Georgia Tech was named Babel, and it was spelled that way. So that was I gotcha. in my mind. <laughs> I was just because because that that means something to me when yeah, I hear I people that, use it. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That seems like it would fit some other theme that they have here, especially once you hear the level of monitoring they're going to be doing. The contract began on March 30th, and it's worth as much as 27 million dollars. $27 million. This is by far the most the agency has ever shelled out for such a software and is one of the largest contracts for the software by a civilian agency, both in its per year, the amount they're getting per year, as well as the terms and the obligation and the fact that it is a five-year contract. Now, in the, con- in the contract documents, the FBI, they gave it to Babel, After telling contractors it wanted software to gather information from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Deep, Dark Web, VK, and Telegram. And they listed a handful of preferable site platforms, including 8Con, Discord, Gab, Parler, Reddit, Snapchat, TikTok, and Webito. And in the documents, they reiterated that they only want access to the publicly available information, meaning no logins or court orders are required to access them. These tools for searching such information provide critical information without being intrusive because the data they return is publicly available. That's what the FBI says. What I would counter to that is saying if it were so easy and publicly available and non-invasive, it wouldn't cost you $27 million to get software to access this data. This is they, this is this is document. This is technology that is enabling them to find the needle in a very in a haystack, a very targeted needle in a haystack that the general public could not assess. And they also want to keep it this way because they don't want to have to provide a warrant. They don't want to have to provide criminality before they actually invade people's privacy. This is one of the points that Biden made in his domestic terrorism strategy, his new strategy, that they can now do these things. We deconstructed a video on Rockfin where one of the guys in charge of this was talking about how, no, we can do this now without having any criminality, any proof of anything. We can basically investigate and monitor anybody. And this type of technology is what is going to help them do it. Now, what, why it's so expensive? What, what are some of the other features of it? Well, the FBI, they're going to be looking at a vast amount of data. I mean, a vast amount of data with the document, the contracting documents asking for search and translation abilities and at least uh, translation abilities in at least seven foreign languages, along with geofencing and even analyzing emotions and sentiments to be able to determine likely attitudes of the targets. Also, it will be able to do an emoji search feature, predictive analytics and bot detection. So we now have them, $27 million program, 
that can analyze the sentiments of vast amounts of data that can give them predictive trends so, so that they can then stop crimes before they happen. This is pre-crime. Yeah. <laughs> this is minority report stuff. It, and I think no, it's it, interesting that their name is Babel, because if you know the story from the Bible, this this happened um, in Genesis, and the people tried to create this high place. You, you'll call it a tower a lot of times, but this these high places were meant as a way to kind of recreate Eden and this idea that you could reach the gods and you could usurp their power. So these humans were trying to become gods, and in order to confuse that, God confused all of the languages. And so it's interesting to me that the people at Babel are trying to make it so that they can undo that, get all the different languages, decipher them, and then use them to control yeah. the people. Yeah, exactly. They're well-named. They're trying to undo it. <laughs> yeah, this guy, his name is Greg Nojim. He's a senior counsel and co-director at the Center of Democracy and Technology's Security and Surveillance Program. He talks about the risk of misinterpretation being high for projects like this and technologies like this. And he said that an FBI agent may very well misinterpret something you say. And he points to this sentiment and emotion analysis software not being accurate. And then an FBI agent comes and knocks on your door because of a misinterpretation. So this is where you get into sarcasm and humor and then misinterpreting yeah. it. And all of a sudden you get a knock at the door. We interviewed some people who the FBI showed up at their door because they just were pictured being outside of the Capitol building on January 6th. This yeah. is where a lot of this started. So January 6th is the basis of which they're justifying this. And we had the crowdsourcing, the sedition hunters who are reporting their friends on Facebook because of pictures and posts that they make. And then we had the Gabby Petito, the crowd crowdsourced search for her that used TikTok and all these other social media things. Social media is the greatest intelligence gathering apparatus in the history of mankind. It's never been easier for Big Brother to know what you're doing, where you are, how you think, how you feel, or at least they think they know how you feel based on the textual analysis. And, and last time I was on with with uh, Monica, we talked about this in relation to uh, the ring doorbells and the Amazon and server connected doorbells, because people think that social media is cool. We willingly sign up for Big Brother. We willingly sign up to put um, like cameras outside of our house. I heard one story of a kid who lived in a house and his parents gave away um, some of their footage to help with an inve a different investigation. And because their son walked out and bought pot outside of their front door, he was then put into jail because it was a part of that, that record. Unbelievable. Yeah. So let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy also, he talks about what I was mentioning a second ago. He says the FBI guidelines are so lax that they permit this social media surveillance, even in quote assessments. And that is what they call it when they, when the FBI lacks any evidence of a crime that is needed to open a preliminary investigation. So they open it anyway, ba based on quote, we're doing assessments. We're just assessing things right. for the purposes of pre-crime. And he went on to say that turns out people dismissed as paranoid because they thought big brother was watching everything they say on social media. We're not so paranoid after all. And when it comes to the predictive analysis, the FBI says its intent is to analyze past events, although it also wants to continuously run persistent automated searches as often as every eight minutes these documents show. And the FBI said a, predicted, a predictive an analytics feature to point towards possible actions of a subject or group would be desirable. So they also want the ability to predict future 
based on social media posts. This is part of the documentation of their contract. So all those people who were part of the Sedition Hunters who reported your friends because they were outside the Capitol, you didn't like what they said, you disagree with them politically, the FBI is now watching you and doing textual analysis on your thoughts, your emotions, your emojis, as well as those people you dislike. So thank you very much for supporting the FBI and Big Brother with your ridiculous orange man bad obsessions. Yeah, well... and it goes it went from nine nine eleven, which with the see something, say something, to now it's see some or say something and they're going to see something. Yeah, absolutely. That's great right there. That's, that should be what they call the program. <laughs> say something, we will see something. We will find it. It's it's like these investigations. I was reading another story about the Ukrainian the investigation into the war crimes, and there was this long article about these lawyers, these prosecutors who were interviewing people in town to town in Ukraine because they were trying to find the atrocities, the war crimes that they knew Russia had committed. So they were starting with the conclusion before they actually did the investigation. And when you start with a conclusion before you do the investigation, when your mind is not open to coming to a different conclusion, then you're going to find what you set out to find. Yep, the confirmation bias detectives are on the case. It's uh, absolutely, yeah. All right, thank you, Cam. Awesome as always. Thank you guys for listening. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, check us out on patreon.com slash propaganda report. Check out our tiers there. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMBXR where we have some very interesting stories today. Have a fantastic rest of your Share the Show Tuesday. It's Share the Show Tuesday, by the way, so be sure and share the show. (laughs) Talk to you all next time.